You look like you have something to say. I, I was like, oh, what do we do when we don't start with a bit? It's Hello, been a minute Jessica, since we started you look, right. You, like you have something to say. It's been a minute since well, we do you? We're uh, just doing a, con- a convo con- a opening. A conversational starter. Yeah. Happy Pride. Happy Pride Month, oh, by the right. way. Happy Pride. I just finished texting some of my buds. Happy Pride Month. So happy Pride Month to uh, to you listeners out there. What are you proud of this Pride Month? I just realized I'm not wearing the headphones. <laughs> I'm like, about, something right? feels wrong. <laughs> not wearing headphones. <laughs> I'm proud of April. <laughs> I'm proud of our podcast. That's what Pride Month's about, right? Absolutely. All right. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the <laughs> I was like, oh, is Bo visiting now? What was that? <laughs> hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. I can't do it. <laughs> I've been so tired because, like, I go to the office now. Oh, it's so hard for you. Yeah, I have a job. You have a job. <laughs> I go into the office. I wear fancy clothes every day and come home and drink bourbon. Isn't it difficult I to be Danny? I don't wear fancy clothes. <laughs> I just don't wear graphic tees and jeans anymore. But I do go to the Look office. Look at you, you little yuppie. <laughs> Yuppie. But I always keep it real with music like Matt Thiessen and the Earthquakes. You were in my day, dream my day, dream my way. Wishing it come true. Whatever I imagine's gonna have been so hard. Dream about you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello. April, I'm so glad you chose right as we started the podcast to start eating and going tink, 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 tink across the floor. So, April, the way she eats <laughs> she food, over. <laughs> we'll put the kibbies in her dish, and she grabs a mouthful and carries them to somewhere soft and then drops them out of her mouth and then eats them one by one. She doesn't just sit there and chew the food. She Grab nope. a whole mouthful. It's there in her mouth. She, and she has, has to go, to go to some form of comfy carpeting. We have a little white faux fur rug that sits in front of our drink cart. And she will go all the way over there and then like bury it in there and then wait a minute and then eat them out. And then like <laughs> rebury them. them again. Sorry. Excuse Whoops. Me. Phrasing. <laughs> Happy Pride Month, everybody. <laughs> Um, or she'll take them into the, into bedroom, the bedroom where there's carpet, carpet and we're onto another rug anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> so whenever she does, so whenever she's having dinner, you hear a clink, clink, clink of her tags <laughs> on her ball. And then you hear tippy-toe, 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 tippy-toe. And then she crunch, crunch, crunch. And then you tippy-toe, 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 tip. And then clink, clink, clink. And then tippy-toe, tippy-toe, tippy-toe. And then crunch, crunch, crunch. <laughs> Seems like such a terrible system, really. I right, mean, like she has the efficient. food in her mouth. What if You'd we think replace... she'd be a lot skinnier because that takes a lot of effort. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what if we replaced her food bowl with a little food carpet? What if we just put the food in a pile on a carpet? I don't know what she. Then do. she'd be like, oh, oh, the convenience. I'm almost like <laughs> burdened with the convenience. So uh, anyway. Right top of the show business top of the show business we do have a voicemail from oh that's someone right who hasn't called in a while that's right so let's hear this hey larry's this is your corporate overlord brady calling uh i heard you guys talking about john rubin in relation to c-spot rock 
And you failed to mention Matthew Thiessen's hit feature on John Rubin's 2005 knockout single, Nuisance, uh, which was number one on TVU a lot. Uh, fantastic video, great song. And uh, John Rubin is not the Christian Eminem. He is definitely the Christian music voice. So Brady sent us this voicemail actually two weeks ago. He sent it right as he recorded the last episode. It was too late to include it, uh, which wouldn't be two weeks ago. Like over, it it's been a over week. a week. Yeah. yeah, it's been over a week since we recorded that episode. That week, it's been a couple, a week and a couple days. How are you feeling, Dan? Do you want to start over again? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. <laughs> anyway, I've been sitting on this voicemail for a couple of weeks, and then he tweets us. And he's like, you forgot to mention this song, Nuisance. And I'm like, we've definitely mentioned that song here and there. Just because we didn't mention it in relation to recent John Rubin talk. You know, go and listen. Go back, Brady, and re-listen to every episode. <laughs> and then get back to us. <laughs> yes. Uh, like, John Rubin, that album that Nuisance is on. I think it's the one with Nuisance on it. It just had its 20th anniversary. And so, no, maybe not. It was 2005, so it wouldn't have been the one with Nuisance on it. The one where he's sitting in the pool. The one that was the beginning of emo rap, as far as I'm concerned. The one that came out in 2002. I'm, anyway. I just have to blindly trust you. <laughs> well, anyway, John Rubin just... <laughs> John Rubin trust fall over This here. doesn't bode well if we want to have him on the podcast. Oh, no. Because I would like to have him on the podcast, and now he's back on social media, and I'm like, is this the chance? Is this the time? Yeah, if the you're out day, there and you know John Rubin, push him our way. The other day, Danny was like, oh, yeah, so, like, I sent a message on, to John Rubin. I'd like to get him on the podcast. He's like, but don't worry about it. I'll interview him on my own. And I was like, oh, okay, why? You know, not that I talk a lot during interviews or anything because of my crippling social anxiety. But still, you know, I, I like to be there as your your backup. And Danny goes, what would you ask John Rubin? <laughs> <laughs> and I said how he's dippity doing <laughs> which it. you only even know that song exists in the last several months yep <laughs> and i was like i see now why um uh you did not want me to be part of the interview i understand now <laughs> well hindsight is 2020 because it's hindsight that came out 20 years ago as of 2022 nice that's the album. So that's not the 2005 album that has Nuisance on it, which is The Boy versus The Cynic. So The Boy versus The Cynic, as far as I'm concerned, is the beginning of emo rap. Not SoundCloud in the 2010s, not even when it gets mainstream with your MGKs and all that. Look, we all John know you're a Rubin fancy boy invented. with your bourbon over there, but do you mind clinking your glass a little bit less? <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> and yeah, I agree. With Brady, I don't think, I don't actually think John Rubin is the Christian Eminem, but he did say it in the C-Spot Rock DVD. He made a joke about it. He made a joke about himself being the Christian Eminem. If, Brady, you went and listened, watched all our Patreon content. <laughs> it's what you're paying for. He, yeah, he made, we did a reminder in case anyone's not on our Patreon, we did an entire live to tape stream it wasn't a live stream but it was a video stream of us watching through 
the C-Spot Rock DVD, which was Relying K, Sanctus Real, John Rubin, and the Supertones. And it's like a fake ha-ha documentary with real concert footage. Like, they all do characters and bits. Like, like watch Sanctus Real and Relying K beat each other up. Oh, no, Pillar's there as well. Right. 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 So there's five bands. That's a big tour. Yeah. Anyway. One of them, I was like, oh, these band members are very attractive. They looked yeah. like they would just be in, like, a normal Hollywood band. I don't know. I can't remember if it was Pillar or Sanctus Real, but I, I feel like it was, like it was Sanctus Real. Real because you kept calling them Sanctus Real. And I was like, I don't think it's Real. <laughs> well, it's not. But what do I know? I don't know Keyless, Kellis, Kalis, Kalis. Oh, that's the past, Jessica. <laughs> let, let that go. Um, anyway, yeah. So, no. John Rubin, not the Christian Eminem, more like the Christian Beastie Boys. I agree. But it is true to say that he was marketed as the Christian Eminem. And this is the thing that you have, this is a thing like with the Christian pop, rock, pop music world, you have to sometimes accept is like an artist might not actually be the Christian blank, but they were marketed as the Christian blank. And there's that duality of culturally, they were seen as the Christian whatever, although musically they might actually be more like the Christian something else. Like Relying K was marketed as a Christian Blink-182, even though really, certainly with the first couple of albums, they were not really like a Blink-182. Although apparently, David Park also messaged us and was like, uh, check out this footage from Relying K from one of the talk shows, The Tonight Show or something. And it's like, this setup is literally uh, Travis Barker's setup. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and then I know that Tyson, this is this would be like mm-hmm, five score era, and I know that Tyson also played a Tom DeLonge uh, right. signature at one point. But at some point, and I think it was still Dave in the band in this video. He's like, this is literally David Park said, this is like piece for piece set up exactly like Travis Barker sets up his drums. Mm-hmm. So really, Reliant K didn't become the Christian Blink One Eighty Two until around two thousand five six, even though they were marketed. At, as such for a long time before that. All right. Any other top of the show business? Yes. David Park also wrote us and he was like, uh, less is more is a very weasery chord progression. Mm. And I was like, if you say so. <laughs> okay. I, and does make sense. We know that they are fans of Weezer. So. Right. And I like sussed out the Ben Folds influence on the sort of opening section of that song. The sort of like piano opening section before it gets into the rockin' section. But yeah, I didn't catch the Weezer connection, so I appreciate that. Any other top of the show business, Jess? <laughs> no, you just reminded me that, like, the other day when I was on Instagram, I was watching through John Schneck's uh, reels, what do you call that, when it's at the top, stories, and uh, he was listening to a Ben Fold song at some point, and I was like, oh, it's funny, because we just talked about it on the podcast last week. On the podcast. On the podcast. <laughs> on the podcast. So, we're back this week talking about another Tyson and Earthquake song. That's right. And I said to Jessica, let's go ahead and let's just let's just sell out. Go to Spotify, Jess, tell me what's the second biggest song for Tyson and the Earthquakes on Spotify. And it's this one, Daydream, which is also the closing track of the Wind Up Bird album. Yeah, and I actually wish we had done this one first because I like it a lot more than Man of Stone. And I was also really enjoying Forest when I was uh, listening to like the top played on Spotify while I was doing my deep dive. Okay. 
So you liked it. Yeah. I agree. I really like this song, and it is one that I don't think I ever really heard before this week. Uh, maybe I've listened through this album once, you know, when it came out or at some point after we started the podcast. But like we talked about with Man of Stone, something about this whole style of music, the songs don't like stick with me. Like mm-hmm. maybe they might sound kind of sweet and catchy at the moment. And there might be something that's kind of in, in, interesting in, each, in a different one or two songs. But when it's over... Same as I was talking about how I was listening to Ram by Paul and Linda McCartney. I was like, this is very nice, but when I'm not listening to it, I don't remember what I just listened to. Right. So that's the influence that I would I would have with this. That's the relationship I would have with this album previously. But then when I started listening to Daydream, I'm like, okay, maybe I never actually got to the end of the album. Because this is just flat out like the catchiest, most memorable song on the album. It, it is. It's very she and him. Yeah. Yeah. Very, uh, very that, that like indie Zoe Deschanel kind of feel. Right. Although it also was a little reminiscent, a bit of like sleeping, but without that great hoops guitar influence. Okay. Yeah. But I really like the song and I think that it could definitely be right at home on like air for free. Yeah. This could definitely be more of a Ryan K song, like on Wind Up Bird. And part of the reason why we're starting to like crack open Wind Up Bird and do these songs as well, if you didn't listen to our Man of Stone episode, was because, you know, ideally we should have included these songs in our list of songs to discuss early on, but it was, you know, late in the game. It was just a couple of weeks ago where I was like, maybe two months ago, three months ago, where I was like, we should be doing these songs as well, because even though it's a solo album, in a sense, it's still working. It's the same songwriter of Reliant K, and... There's, like, the same growth and maturity between Reliant K albums that we talk about, both musically and especially lyrically, like, as Thiessen's lyrics evolve and his narrative uh, tellings of his own life evolve, like, we should be including this because there's a piece here that goes along with that. And so that's why we started doing these songs Daydream is so funny because especially with Man of Stone and I was listening to more of this album overall and lyrically like everything's a little more abstract for Tisa and Earthquakes for this album. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And with a few exceptions like some of the songs that we know or suspect were Tisa and Earthquake songs early on are also a little bit more abstract. Yes. Especially Jefferson Airplane. Uh, maybe the ones that are absolutely confirmed as early earthquake songs like Faking My Own Suicide and I Hate Christmas Parties right. are not that abstract. But it's just funny how lyrically this is is a different thing from Reliant K. And actually, I was thinking about it as I was listening to this album. You know, I would, I would go to the song. I would go to this song. Then I'd listen to some more of the album randomly. Then I would listen to the song a bunch. Then I would go to more of the album trying to get like a real sense of things since we're so late to the game of catching up on this album. And what would happen is I'd be listening to the songs and I'd be like, okay, the lyrical content of this album is totally different from lyrical content of Reliant K overall. Like so much more abstract, so much more riddling Right. And I realized, like, these are the kind of lyrics that I normally listen to and normally enjoy in my, you know, personal listening habits. You know, it's the lyrics I definitely enjoy 
more, this style. I'm not a big lyrics person, which you might not believe from this podcast. It's just that we do a podcast about one particular band, so we break into the lyrics all the time. But when I'm listening to music on my own, it's usually my way of listening to music of not concerning myself with the lyrics. Unless it's all just flat out on Front Street, and they're singing about french fries and they're like we love french fries let's eat them up and i'm like okay that song's about french fries but if the song is like abstract or even if it's not abstract i just don't even listen to the message of a song closely for maybe sometimes years and then one day it just suddenly clicks i'm like oh this song is about blah 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 it might be 20 years before i realize it so like i'm so much more comfortable with the more abstract song here and like it's clearly about like a nice winter day and it seems to be sort of a love song maybe a wistful uh sort of unrequited love torch song or something but not a torch song but like an unrequited love or a lost love song or just a crush or something but i'm not like concerned with the very specifics the way i might be with a reliant k song where everything is just so clearly he is clearly singing about this specific thing that just happened he is singing about driving in the car just to drive at the cabin where he's writing the song you're listening to like that is so specific but here with wind up bird and particularly daydream it's just more of like a tone and that's what i'm much more comfortable with and i don't feel the need to like dissect exactly what he's singing about which i struggled with on man of stone right because i was trying to get out of that mode (laughs) there's a little taste of that patented wordplay that you know is so synonymous with matt teeson here with the teaching my shadow to box a beat line that's also why this song out of all the ones i've really paid attention to on this album this one could be the most relying k because he is, like, describing these very Reliant K, Matt Thiessen, cutesy things. Right. Like, I'm going to do all these little cutesy things. Like, it almost sounds like his stage banter or, his, or like, goofing around on in an interview. Like, oh, what are you doing later? I'm going to teach my shadow how to box a beat. <laughs> like, okay, Thiessen. Uh, so Emily Schmidley is the other singer on this track. Love her voice. Checked out some of her her uh, solo stuff. It's good. Definitely worth digging into. I couldn't find out a lot about like her personally or how she and Tyson came to hook up to both co-sing on this album. Mm-hmm. So if anybody has that info out there, please share because I did a little bit of a deep dive on her and like she doesn't have a Wikipedia page that I could find. So. And we bought a CD of the album since the last time we did Man of Stone. But there's no notes. <laughs> there's no liner notes. I'm wondering, the al- the record, which I don't feel the call to necessarily own a copy, is rarer. Now it's uncommon. It is expensive. And if anyone out there maybe has a copy, if you could, like, if there are liner notes, maybe you could just snap a picture and send them our way. But if they're not in the CD, they might not be in the liner notes either. Uh, is it her singing on this whole album? Did you notice? I believe so. Because then I noticed, like, there's also a nice bookend between Dude and this song. Because Dude, you know, she's obviously singing on a lot of the album. But when you listen to Dude as the opening track and then Daydream as the closing track, I'm not sure if thematically, like, maybe if we dug deeper, maybe thematically there's something there. But, like, they're both, like, 
there's there's something about the tone of both Dude and Daydream that feel like a ride. Like, Dude feels mm-hmm. like an opening track, and Daydream definitely feels like a closing track, and it feels like you've been on this particular particular journey that is Wind Up Bird, and she's definitely, her voice is kind of like a, a tying thread between that feeling. I can't really pinpoint that it's a real thing to say there's a bookend here, but it's just the feeling I got as I said, my listening style this week was to listen to this song like five times in a row, then listen to a bunch of pieces of the rest of the album, then go back to the song over and over. And as I was doing that, I was really getting this sense musically of the album tying together really well. Going back to the lack of liner notes, this I, I don't think that I trust the Genius or other lyric sites that I went to because they have it that the opening line is... The temperature drops the heat. It's time to find those winter clothes. But when I was listening to it, I was like, I definitely hear Hint. Yeah. And no, I hear that as well. Hint would make more sense. Not that heat doesn't. It could be heat. It does fit. We could edit this in, but we'll just play it in the room. <laughs> the temperature drops the heat. It's time to find those winter clothes. Yeah, sorry, it cut off there because it went to the speaker. But I definitely hear Hint. That is what I was hearing all week. Let's listen one more time here, just on the microphone. Temperature drops the hint. It's time to find those winter clothes. Oh, yeah. No. I for sure hear it. And that's absolutely wrong. It says heat all across the internet. (laughs) No, that is absolutely wrong. Yeah. Because the temperature... I mean, yeah, the temperature drops the heat. That's, like, grammatically dubious. The temperature drops the heat. That doesn't mean anything. No, but I if mean, the but temperature it could, it, I could hear it. it. I could, could it could but, be in but there. it's it's nonsense. The temperature the heat yeah. is the temperature. Yes, but it the drops weather its drops heat. the temperature. Right. The the pressure drops the temperature. But you don't say the temperature drops the heat. No. And also if you drop the heat, dropping something like dropping the beat, like the beat is delivered when you dropped it. So to say the temper the heat drops, like that's it could also be misinterpreted as the heat arrives i'm not saying that's exactly sound but to say the temperature sure. drops the hint right because you drop a hint yes. nobody says you drop the heat that's not an expression that's ever said by anyone ever but you do sure say, it is they're like the knicks this year are really dropping the heat i don't know anything about right. basketball yeah, actually, i actually think maybe they don't do well but, but when you say you drop the heat yeah it means the heat You're has arrived heat. you bring the, the heat. heat is on Exactly. But you do drop a hint. So the temperature drops the hint. And he's talking about the fact that it winter's arriving. It's time to do wintry things, put on some coffee, be cutesy, do some sweater acting, be <laughs> have a nice cuddly cozy winter. So the temperature is dropping the hint that winter is coming. I'll uh <laughs> Game of Thrones. The temperature drops the hint that wintry days are coming. Time to get out the winter clothes from storage. Summer's almost over. Yeah. Genius is not a genius in this case. And it's annotated as well. So That's it's not the lyrics. Interesting. <laughs> and the the annotation isn't even really specific to the lyrics. Uh 
unreviewed annotation. The writer paints a picture of a busy winter day and highlights his lack of focus. He has a lot to do but can't settle on just one task. Which also I don't necessarily say think that that is what is going on here. Let's, the temperature drops the hint. It's time to find those winter clothes. Smoking pot of coffee waiting on the stove. Before you know, I'm jaywalking, whistling across the street, trying to teach my shadow how to box a beat. Okay, well, then that annotation makes a little bit more sense. The second half is actually has its own separate annotation. It's split into two, and it says, despite starting so many tasks, the writer gets lost in his imagination. He doesn't care about anything else going on around him. Okay, I mean, that's tenuous, but... I get it. I, it does track to me. Every time I would listen to this first verse, I thought of it as much more linear. Like he's woken up. It's starting to feel cold for the first time since the summer started. He thinks, time to get the winter clothes out. Puts on a pot of coffee. And then he's got to go out for something. Like, I didn't necessarily think of this as a distracted day. I just thought of it as like, He's got a long day. He's got somewhere to go and he's he's jaywalking, but mm-hmm. he's not letting I thought of it more like he's not letting his busy day get him down and he's having some fun shadow boxing as he walks down the street like <laughs> when we saw Tyson <laughs> in person outside the Boston concert. We didn't bother him or talk to him, but we saw him walking down the street to what we assume was to visit someone, maybe his family who were in town. He left the venue, he walked down the street, and then he kicked up his heel. He f- right. There was a mask on the ground, and he stepped over it, and he kicked up his heels to kick the mask, the face mask, into the air. <laughs> and right. I was, that seems like, so, it's like, but in real life, in that moment, Tyson was going somewhere, he was doing something. So when I hear he, in this song, he stops to shadow box, I don't think to myself, he's distracted. I think he's just going about his day and being whimsical and cute while he's doing it. So this re- this annotation says he's distracted, which makes sense. The song is called Daydream. He's lost in thought. So that is a sound annotation. I didn't see it that way. But, you know, he's, it's also not like he's describing he has so many things to do. All he said is he has to get his winter clothes out. And he says, and I've got a pot of coffee on. And then, in a, and then a couple of minutes later, he's out the door and has to go do something as well. He could have finished getting the winter clothes out. Maybe he went down the street to the hardware store because he needs to get another container to put his summer clothes back in when he switches out his laundry. He's got a winterproof something yeah. in the house. Maybe he went to get one of those storage bags with the vacuum <laughs> so he can store his summer clothes. So, okay, I'm not totally against that annotation. I just didn't see it that way. Absolutely, that first lyric is just wrong. It's the the temperature drops the hint. You drop a hint. You don't drop the heat. I guess one other way you would drop the heat in a way that, like, you lose the heat is, like, a police thing. Like, if you're a criminal and you've got heat because the police are onto you and then you drop the heat, that is losing the heat. But that's a different kind of heat. Are we saying, is Tyson here saying that he's a criminal in hiding and the winter is kind of, is like the last few episodes of Breaking Bad. He's hiding out in some cabin in New Hampshire. Exactly. Uh, then the chorus is, you were in my daydream, my daydream. I was wishing it come true. 
whatever I imagine is going to happen. So I'm dreaming about you. I'm dreaming about you. And then verse two is fighting the, and this is bold on genius and I'm not sure why. Oh, I think that's letting you know. Oh, who's singing? Who's singing. Bold is just Tyson and non-bold means it's the two of them, Schmidley and Tyson singing harmony together. Fighting the freeze zero degrees out in the desert night. I see Saturn's icy rings and I think I can't believe my eyes. It's you and me and we're hand holding, singing on down the street, making up a song. We simply stroll along. Our footsteps keep the beat. Yeah, you're just having a nice little daydream about you and your favorite person. This is just this to me just seems like a song about strolling along. Yeah. Like that Muppet song. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's a song about strolling along as the temperature is getting colder outside and winter is arriving. Sorry if I'm a little stuffed up today. I feel a little stuffed up. Jessica was commenting that I was stuffed up earlier. <laughs> and I apologize. Then the next chorus, uh, the same chorus. You were in my daydream, my daydream. Okay, so the, the, the only, um, so there's verse one, verse two, and the chorus is repeated each time. So it's cute. And another thing is that it's cute. It's about like you were in my daydream. You know, like normally a lot of other pop songs, it's like someone's in your dreams. You dreamt, you dreamt of someone. right? Or I'm thinking of you. But very seldomly have I ever noticed a pop song where the idea is you were in my daydream. Like I was so lost in thought that I was like gone to the world and like lost in this daydream. And it was all about you. I wonder how many pop songs there really are about daydreams. And daydreams are a funny concept overall. Like, in one way, you just think hard about something. But I guess a daydream is just thinking so hard about something that, it's like, your you're dead to the world. Yeah, it's just your yeah. mind off wandering. You're, like, really, really lost in the thought. I mean, Freddy Krueger can still get you in a daydream, right? So, Well, can he get you in a daydream or can he get you when you not when you kind of nod off? I guess off? you just kind of nod off, yeah. See, daydreaming to me isn't... Now yeah, we you're just look sitting the... perfectly awake, thinking off and about something. Yeah, now we got to think about. Now we got to look up the definition of daydream. Not to, not to. I think we agreed pretty quickly here, but I just want to see if there's like a clinical no daydream believer references daydream. in this song. Oh yeah, see now there is. Okay, there's the other big pop song about day about daydreams. There are lots of songs with the phrase daydream in it. Actually, like just searching the word daydream. You like the original, or are you more of a Smash Mouth uh, kind of daydream believer, Dan? (laughs) Uh, Good good question. Let me come back to that in just a second. So, uh, Oxford Languages, which is what Google presents to you when when I wrote daydream meaning, says daydream, noun, a series of pleasant thoughts that distract one's attention from the present. So that's pretty simple. That's really just getting lost in thought. Like you're just not paying attention to what's going around you because you're so deep in thought. I always thought maybe daydream you needed to really be much deeper in thought than just simple thought. But I guess if you're just not paying attention to what's going on around you, then that is a daydream. Even if you're not like fully, fully lost, lost. In the thought, I guess daydream. I guess daydream is a spectrum. (laughs) I'm typing in daydream science. Science of daydreaming from Dartmouth, 2011. Unlike previously thought, the universal phenomenon of... And this this is like I'm you doing the deep dive. 
Unlike previously thought, the universal phenomenon of daydreaming is a normal part of our cognitive process. Daydreaming is defined as spontaneous, subjective experiences in a no-task, no-stimulus, no-response situation and includes unintended thoughts that intrude inadvertently into the execution of intended mental tasks. So that's a very verbose explanation, but I get it. Just to break that down, they're saying like randomly, out of nowhere, you're lost in thought and you have cut off all stimulus and response around you. Or more specifically, they're saying you are in a situation where no stimulus or response is necessarily required and you are lost in a thought that uh, cuts away and stops you from doing what you cognitively, what you were supposed to be doing in that moment. Now, I would say that people definitely daydream. I mean, I was daydreaming right now when you were talking about that. I didn't listen to a single thing you said, so. Dartmouth, <laughs> this, this, I mean, in this paper or whatever this is, Dart in this post, Dartmouth's explanation of experiences in a no task no stimulus no response situation i would say people definitely daydream in situations where you do have a task and you do have a stimulus and you do have a response needed like daydreaming in the car like letting your motor skills take over or washing the dishes or vacuuming or any really sort of mundane any motor skill that you've learned yeah your brain doesn't need to have absolute attention although sometimes it should like driving yes yeah please don't daydream and drive (laughs) no don't even don't do anything and drive. Don't even listen to this podcast and drive. Turn us off right now. Don't be driving around listening to us. We're too distracting. We're too hilarious. <laughs> In contrast to what its name may suggest, daydreaming seems to be quite different from the dreams experienced during sleep. Another interesting fact about daydreaming, well, no kidding. I mean, <laughs> I think anyone who's ever daydreamed could figure that out. Another interesting fact about daydreaming is that the seemingly continual stream of consciousness is discontinuous, consisting of a sequence of con... Hold on. Let's see. Concatenated. I don't even know what that word means. Hold on. Now i got to click it again and click click look up. Uh, Together in a chain or series. Concatenated. Okay. So, consisting of a sequence of linked... psychological building blocks that follow each other in fractions of sentences. Yeah, okay, so they're saying daydreaming is continuous and it's linked together, unlike maybe regular dreaming, which can be sporadic and random. Maybe that's what they're saying. Daydreaming is often looked down upon, as John McGrail, a Los Angeles clinic hypnotherapist, explains... Daydreaming is looked upon negatively because it represents non-doing in a society that emphasizes productivity. Well, that's late-stage capitalism for you. (laughs) We are under constant pressure to do, achieve, produce, and succeed, end quote. Sigmund Freud even believed that fantasies were the creations of the unfulfilled and that daydreaming and fantasy were early signs of mental illness. (laughs) Well, each... It's Sigmund. That's no... Sigmund Freud can suck. <laughs> we both went. 
We both went dirty with it. Sigmund Freud would be like, oh, you both chose to (laughs) insult me in in filthy ways. Experts now agree, however, that daydreaming is normal and even beneficial cognitive function, uh, a beneficial cognitive function, albeit one that is largely still not understood. An area of the brain called the default network, which becomes, oh, that's a good title for something, becomes more active as the level of external stimulus. <laughs> default network. Like, I mean, I guess it also sounds like an entertainment network thing, but if it doesn't have to be the title like the of a movie. social network. Yeah. Like, maybe the title of a chapter, default network or something. Uh, becomes, sounds like a sci-fi 80s movie. Exactly. Or just the t- maybe the name of something in a sci-fi. Wow, movie. we really don't have a lot that much to talk about with this song, huh? We're, we're, Which, we're on, I do uh, have more to say about the song, but <laughs> let me finish. It's a long article, but let me finish this one paragraph. An area of the brain called the default network, which becomes more active as the level of external stimulus decreases, is often considered responsible for daydreaming. The default network mainly includes the medical prefrontal cortex. The posterior cingulated cortex, precuneous region, and the temporal junction. Okay, we're done with that article. Thank I'll you. show you my posterior temporal junction. <laughs> please, please do, but not to the people listening. So, musically, the song is amazing. I love this song. It's so catchy and sweet and... Unlike some of the other songs on here, like Dude and Oedipus, and, you know, some of these songs, some of the songs on this album are weird. Like, musically, (laughs) like, compositionally, some of the songs on here are weird and couldn't really be Reliant K songs. Like, a song like Dude is just flat-out strange. Stranger than the jokiest joke song by Reliant K. It's just strange, right? But Daydream's so sweet, and it almost, this could have been like, this feels like it could be a radio single, and yeah, you mentioned She and Him, but this song brings to mind a lot of sort of indie pop that was popular on the radio, but also a lot of indie pop that was maybe popular in like, not the underground, but pop, just just bubbling at the surface, sort of indie pop and folk pop and a lot of bands you hear sometimes when you're out shopping and stuff and they want you to be calm. And there was a period I've talked about where I was listening to, I was trying to, I was trying to grow and mature musically during college. And so I was trying to listen to more like college radio. Well, I was listening to more like indie, I was trying to get away from punk and ska Mm -hmm. and I was trying to listen to more like mature music. And I was listening to like the Decemberists and Regina Spector and Azuray and postal service and stuff like this so i was listening to like more more like quirky but mature indie pop (laughs) so this also took me back to that time and in a way this song feels familiar april (laughs) april's full on dreaming over there she's snoring this song feels familiar from the i mean let's just say that this week is the first time i've really ever listened to this song from the moment I listened to this song, this song felt fully familiar, like a song I've heard throughout my life. And that's a great thing when you can write a song that feels familiar, but not to say it's derivative. Like there's lots of songs that you can listen to and you'd be like, oh, this sounds like blank. This sounds like something that I'm familiar with, 
usually that means it's a derivative work. Usually that means this song is ripping something off. But no, I'm saying like this, the melody, the sweetness and the catchiness sounds like a song that I've known my whole life, but it's not. And I wouldn't say it's derivative, even if I could peg down exactly what song it feels like, or if you could show me some indie pop song and say, hey, look, this sounds exactly like this song. I'd be like, sure, but if this song still sounds of its own, even if it happens to sound like another song, literally, I don't know that it does. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. it sounds familiar, but not derivative. And like, this is the sort uh, uh, maybe on like a collapsible lung where so many songs on that album sound familiar, but they're derivative of other popular artists and other popular sounds that were on the radio. This sounds like the kind of song you'd hear like on a radio state on a nice radio station or a nice store and you'd be like, oh, that's a good song. What is that? And then you'd Shazam it and you'd be like, oh, okay. And then you'd listen to it. So I don't know. I really, really like this song. I think it's probably one of my favorite Wind Up Bird songs so far. Yeah, absolutely. Same. 100%. One other thing is I like the mixing on this song because they also, and it's, it's one in a piece sort of with Savannah. With everything we came to with Savannah, if you go back and listen to our episode on that, where, and this wasn't even like a, a theory I had about the song Savannah before we started that episode. It was something that developed on mic that I think the song Savannah, but it's something I carry with me and something I still think that is probably true about that song is that I think the song Savannah is about a dream, possibly even a daydream, but definitely like a reminiscence and a dream thinking back to his vacations with his fiance in Savannah and wishing to get back there and find that she's still there. And as he's going through this dream, remembering and reliving the moments they actually shared together there. So, and and especially because there's the wistful opening of, of Oasis that lulls you into the sleep and then the restfulness. And then you start having the dream about your time in Savannah and wishing she'd just be there again. So this song is also literally about a dream And it plays a lot of the same production tricks that I feel like Savannah played with the mixing where there's suddenly there's heavy reverb just kind of like lulling up and lulling down and instruments are kind of going to the back and then they're coming back up. Like I would love to see what, you know, what the there's no there's no credits on here. There's no credits in the CD. Maybe it's on maybe it's on Discogs, but like who was the mixer and, you know, was it Markley Townsend, I'm not sure right now, that produced the record? And to figure out, like, you know, what to open up that Pro Tools archive and see what kind of, like, mixing decisions were made in terms of, like, turn up the reverb here, and then turn it back down, and then push this up, and then push that back, and then push it, like, there's, it, especially towards the back end of the song. And then there's this one very nice moment where Tyson actually leaves the song, and he doesn't come back, and it's just Schmidley for the last few seconds of the song and she's washed in reverb she's just like you were in my daydream my daydream just what just so much reverb and then suddenly in a in a second boop, the reverb's gone and it's like she went from back here to suddenly she's up here and suddenly no more reverb and she's just saying you were my daydream and that's a great production trick 
that I always notice in songs when there's reverb on on vocals and then suddenly the reverb is gone because it emphasizes it's like bolding or it's like the whole song's in bold and then you take the bold away so the lack of bold suddenly calls your eye to that line. Oh, April. (laughs) She says this conversation's putting me to sleep. (laughs) So that's what I have to say musically about the song. I mean, so many tricks, so many production tricks going on, probably on this whole album, but like for sure, the bells and whistles on this particular song are apparent. It's one of those things like, you know, good production is like good special effects. You know, sometimes you don't even notice it's going on. Like when we listen to the I Hate Christmas Parties Pro Tools archive video with Mark Lee Townsend, and he's like, oh, I Hate Christmas Parties only has like, (laughs) <laughs> only has like eight tracks that's low for a reliant k song i was like really <laughs> so there's got to be like hundreds of tracks individual production tracks going on in this song gotcha gotcha yeah were you daydreaming i was <laughs> what were you daydreaming about about uh, how to find this record oh okay the actual physical record yeah like I said, it was, well, you know, it was a Smixel, uh, it was an SMLXL, SMLXL exclusive, and it's not for sale there any longer. And I have looked on Discogs and stuff, and it's like up to $70 last Oof. time I looked, because it was a low print count, and uncommon. Right. It's an uncommon for sale item. Maybe not necessarily rare, maybe technically rare, but more just uncommon. All right. With that, we will go ahead and take our break and we will be back with Deep Dive and YouTube Dive. We just want to take a moment to thank you for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Whether you've been listening for a while or this is your first time, we want to hear your thoughts on this episode, your corrections, and your Reliant K memories at our voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. And if talking on the phone isn't your thing, because I know it's not mine, and whose is it really, you can send us an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com, or visit our socials at Instagram and Twitter, which are both at sadiehawkinspod. While there, you can also see the visuals we discuss on the podcast each week. You can also visit sadiehawkinspod.com for easy access to all these links, as well as to our merch store for shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. We also want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, who include Charity, Isaac, James, Kindle, Joshua, Timothy, Daniel, Jay, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, and Brady. Join our Patreon now for two monthly bonus episodes, our entire backlog of bonus episodes, which include reviews of the case for karaoke songs and chapters of the complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind Book. You'll also get stickers, guitar picks, and a special Patreon exclusive shirt when you've donated a lifetime contribution of $60. Ooh, that sounds like fun. Where can I sign up again? At patreon.com slash Pod. If you want to be a patron of the arts, the fine arts, the podcast arts, there's one place to go. SadieHawkinsPod.com slash... Oh, wait. No, no, that's not it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I panicked. We have TikToks. Huh? 
I was daydreaming. I wasn't listening to you. I missed what you said. Well, you'll need to be because I'm sending this over to you because you actually have the TikToks. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I do not in this way. We won't get interrupted. <laughs> oh, that worked out very well. I just clicked right to it. So do you want me to narrate or are you going to sure. narrate? Okay, well, here we go. There's five TikToks. Oh, There's no. actually 18. Oh, yeah, it says there's 18, but it's only showing me five at the moment. Maybe some of them are set to private or something. Did you no, see, I all, see all of them? Huh. There's some with flamingos. Do a bunch of people got have me blocked? <laughs> <laughs> like it says 18, but I'm only looking at five. Interesting. That I don't understand. Yeah, I'm only looking at five. All right, well, we might have to look at your phone. Now, here's the first one. This is by Jessica Kate. 23 kate spelled c-a-i-t and i'm i think it is a proposal video it's a proposal video i don't know if he like set up a hidden camera because they're sitting in bed they have a very nice uh quirky bedroom it's cute (laughs) like very well designed hgtv youthful look and they kiss and he's like well maybe we should this and he showed her the ring and then she started she covered her mouth and started crying so that's nice very sweet then this is amelia amelia a n n e j uh and this is needing to romanticize my life right about now and had lots of fun doing this and it's just a compilation of her day and I needed to start over because I already missed most of it. So, Wednesday, June 1st. Is that today? This came out one hour ago. Whoa. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> that's so funny. I was like, Wednesday, June 1st, that's today. <laughs> I thought maybe it's in the past year. Nope. So, uh, she runs out. So, she looks at the camera and smiles and then she's running outside. She goes to Target. She has some cereal after Target, I guess. Oh, she plays the clarinet. Uh, she booked something on a on a computer, so she's practicing. The, uh, she went ahead and got herself a pass to a national park. Yep, that's what she bought on the online. Then she has some. She just has a plate of lettuce. Then she lays in bed again. Okay, maybe this isn't in order. Then she's knitting. Then she's reading a book called uh, The Sentence by Lewis Enrich. Eldred? Erdrich? Then I don't know what this is she's eating. <laughs> I don't know what this is. They look like balls. I love this segment is just listen to us stumble around TikTok. But... What is that? They, I don't know. They it's look like little butterballs. It's a pan full of butterballs. But maybe they, they're a little like dough balls. Maybe they're dough balls or maybe they're some sort of vegetable because then it shows them in a plate and in a bowl afterwards. The sock's coming around well. She's watching a Star Wars movie. She's looking at a rainbow over her house. I see a number of people here doing like video selfies in the bathroom. Is that coming back? Are we doing early <laughs> Facebook style uh, profile photos again? Interesting. Then we have 
And this is... Oh, okay. Then this is... Then this is, uh... Jessica, so Jesse Kate, Jesse Cat is back, but this is connected to underscore Austin Lewis. So I guess this is the same couple from that first video, and they're just having a nice candlelit dinner in a very very like flat out like candlelight's the only light in the room. Like it's uh, Barry Lyndon, like there it's so dark and actually a little spooky. And if the music wasn't all nice, I wouldn't know that it's actually supposed to be a nice romantic scene. I would think you it's some sort of haunted dinner. You'd think they would have chosen Candlelight as the song to uh, uh, yeah. use for this one. It's just a minute long of them just sitting there. They just set the camera up in the corner while they had dinner. I can see the thumbnail of that one, and I thought that they were, like, eating ice cream or something. Uh, then Moonbeam underscore mini underscore farm is just going on a hike in the Okosha Trail MM116.7. And this is an edited together video with obviously some narration about what she found on the hike. And it's just a very nice bunch of footage of a wintry looking scene. When is this from? This is from March. Nice. Oh, March 2020? Yeah. Or March 20th. I don't know. I don't TikTok. <laughs> so I only get to see those five. I must be blocked. People must have got me blocked or something. I don't know. What else do you see on your phone? Uh, I see some flamingos. I see someone in like a fun alleyway at night. I see someone doing art. Uh, there's a... Oh, what's this one? This one actually did click in for me. This is just watching cars on a highway. Oh, I'm just playing oh. some random TikTok right now of a oh, Muppet. Okay. Uh yeah. So that that's what we have there. And it, then... it seems to be sorry, it seems to be the the gist of the daydream TikToks is that they're all quaint, cute, exactly to the specifications of the song. Lots of outdoorsy adventures, lots of twee shopping and knitting days, lots of cute little romances in your very well-designed HGTV hipster house. Right. So we're back at the Merlot 23 blog, and we're just going to go over what they had to say about this song. This song won't be in anyone's daydream. I didn't enjoy it at all. That's what a real critic would say. 11, Daydream. The album closes on another one of its shortest tracks. Most of them have hovered around the three-minute mark. With this one, a handful of others wrapping up not long after two and a half. Once again, working the twee pop angle and using Ellie's vocals promptly enough that this almost feels like the sort of duet Zoe Deschanel would want in on. Yes, I somehow managed to shoehorn in a reference to her... Two reviews in a row. I can't help it. She comes to mind whenever I think of excessively cutesy acoustic pop songs. This one has a slight skip in it step as Tyson muses whenever whatever I imagine is going to happen. So I'm dreaming about you. It's a pleasant thought to end the record on, especially as Ellie's last few lines gradually fade into the fading into the last few twinkling piano notes. But given all that's come before, I have to wonder, is this a celebration of total bliss in a relationship or just a man living in his own head, unable to escape the unfulfilled longings of his youth? Taken on its own, there's no reason to see this one as anything but charming, but taken as 
the final thought on an album where playfulness often masks emotional turbulence and uncertainty about the future, it plays as mildly tragic. I like that ambiguity. It adds a touch of depth on the record that might otherwise seem too slight and cutesy for its own good. Grade B+. What's this song worth to them? A dollar twenty-five. Alrighty. And then, uh, because I don't believe it came up last week, there's a, not last week, last time we covered Wind Up Bird, there's a, a blog called nocoda.org that reviewed this album. 20 years after he formed the pop punk band that would come to dominate youth groups across America, Matt Thiessen finally gives us something totally opposite from the likes of of the engine that made him famous. His recent output with Reliant K has hinted at a steady change within him as they've matured over the two years. The likes of Chapstick and Chemistry Classes are way in the rear view mirror and has made way for large collaborative efforts, 2013's Collapsible Lung and Alternative Pop Rock, 2016's Air for Free. Going into Wind Up Bird, I didn't really... I didn't really didn't know what to expect. The few scattered tracks over the years that he had recorded under his moniker only appeared on compilation albums and only totaled six tracks since the first one surfaced back in 2001. Four originals, one cover, one acoustic version of Faking My Own Suicide. That's it. Most were piano-heavy ballads, and while enjoyable, were, were standard singer songwriter fair save for 2001's i hate christmas parties which will rip your teenage heart out every time is this what we're in for more of the same not at all we always knew that teeson was more than a singer in a pop rock band and wind up bird proves it did we i'm just kidding the record is incredibly restrained with brilliant horn sections beautiful harmonies courtesy of ellie schmidley and intricate structures and storytelling there's not even a slight dose of anything close to punk or rock forest is one of the highlights with robin hood and little john jiving their way through the innocence of their youth climb is another stellar track showcasing a powerhouse vocal from teeson the likes of which we have never heard before and he aches from trenches relationships need not be pressed to the limits that you test them to what if they abandon you I'm going to cry cripples you again, only to turn around with Daydream, which closes the record perfectly. It captures the musings of a possible new love in about as sweet of a way as you could ever hope to experience for yourself. We've all been there. Matt just magically wove it into a three-minute track. Wind Up Bird is perfect from start to finish and worthy of your immediate attention. Nice. I was daydreaming, not paying attention to what you were saying. You weren't daydreaming, you were typing on your phone. Actually, I'm typing to the LA Nation, which is, I don't think I've ever talked about it before on this podcast. Oh, don't you? You don't think you've ever talked about it before? Well, have I talked about specifically our FaceTime group called the LA, uh, FaceTime, our Facebook messenger group called LA Nation? I'm pretty sure. It's all the Los Angeles people that we met because of Blink-155 fandom listening to them david parks on here emily rick who else i don't want to leave anybody out (laughs) people we've maybe not talked about before steve erin and shannon shannon never chimes in well anyway and jessica jessica doesn't even like blink 155 or didn't like blink 155 but she got added just so she could track me (laughs) anyway i'm talking i don't actually know how i ended up in there I don't even have Facebook. Now I just have Messenger for some reason. It just stays there. I'm not sure. Yeah. 
Um, Randy's Donuts is opening a San Fernando Valley location. And I was like, oh, look, uh, Randy's Donuts, famous donuts, San Fernando Valley. And then uh, I was just letting everyone know, actually, the best donuts are Donut Hut in Burbank. Those are the best donuts in Los Angeles. So anyway, and so because of that, I wasn't paying attention to anything you were reading. Yeah. So there is only one cover of this song and no live performances. No live performances. And the cover is by friend of the pod, Sam Henson. Nice. So this is from two years ago. And Sam here is live at Old Ironsides in Sacramento, California. Jessica, we could have gone to this. We could have drove up to Sac and seen Sam play. We could have. Daydream by Matthew Thiessen and the Earthquakes. So um, we had just started the podcast. So here is uh, Sam's cover of Daydream. Yes, yeah, so my name is Sam. Hey, Sam. Hey, Sam. Hi. Um... We'd be doing a little cover that's like a winner cover, so it's called Daydream. So, get under the cold covers. Get under the cold covers. That's right. She's doing a cover. Everybody get up for Sam! Whoever that was off camera, whether it's a friend of Sam's or someone who runs a club, I don't know. But it's funny, they're like, the guy's like, Get under the covers. Get under the cold covers. He's making a joke there about the fact that the song is a cover. But does he know that the song is about winter arriving and getting cold out? Coincidental? Yes, <laughs> probably. Temperature drops the hint. It's time to find those winter clothes. Smoking pot of coffee waiting on the stove. I'm sorry, we have to go back and just double check what Sam's saying. If it's temperature... It, it was hint. Hint. Oh, good, yep, good, good, good. Definitely. Good. Okay. Before you know I'm Jay, Jonathan Gudman, two years ago, responded, This was amazing. Could you share the chords by chance? This is one of my favorite songs, and I've been dying to know how to play it. So Jonathan must have been very excited when the first and only derivative YouTube video appeared on YouTube. And Sam replied, Sure. The so- and this is why I'm reading it, because this is information about the song that we normally wouldn't have. Sure. The song is normally in E. I'm more of an alto singer, so I put the capo 5, so I put it on capo 5 to put the key in A. Mainly it's an E. E, but with the lowest E string on the second fret. And I leave the A string open. And A, 
that's the whole song. So it's E and A is the whole song with a couple of extra notes in between. Uh, at least that's my interpretation. It's very similar to getting into you. Okay. Mm, interesting. I add a few of my own personal touches, like repeating a line of the pre-chorus with A minor. So if you like those, I can write those out for you also. I just had to read that out because that we don't normally get those kind of details about yeah, <laughs> the chords. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's skip a little further in. And yeah, let's hear. keep listening. I'm yeah. very much enjoying this. It's a five-minute cover, so I will skip to about two minutes and 25 seconds in. Oh, sorry, it's not five minutes. It's uh, three minutes and 48 seconds. Whatever I imagine's gonna happen I'm dreaming about you That's wonderful. I'm glad it existed. Otherwise, we'd have Heck no yeah. other footage to watch. I'm shocked. I think this is the first time that Sam has actually popped up with a Reliant K cover right? of some kind. Even though we <laughs> interact with her pretty regularly. Yeah. Uh, you know, in DMs and stuff. Let me see what else Sam has done to see if we have ever missed any covers for songs we've already done. You can't always get what you want by the Rolling Stones. Well, damn, when we did that episode, we missed this cover. Uh, there's a Neutral Milk Hotel song. Oh, Forget Not Slow Down, the song, which uh, three years ago. So maybe this was online and I missed it when we did cover when we did that song. But well, we'll play it for sure when we do our, our revisit. of. Yeah, we are doing down. a revisit yeah. of that episode. So don't delete that cover yet, Sam. <laughs> And then the only other song that I guess we'll be back to check out is Forest, a cover of Forest from nice. this album. Oh, I'm excited about that. I like that one. Yeah. And I forgot to mention, but I always note how short... Sorry, you know, there was a fiber. I just pulled <laughs> at the uh, pop screen. One of the reviewers said this, but I have always noticed noticed every time we... Every time I check out this album or these last few times that we've discussed this album... How short it is. It's only half an hour. It's only 33 minutes. Oh, really? Oh, for, wow. For, an, for a folk indie pop album, yeah. 33 minutes with a standard number of songs, two, four, six, eight, eleven songs at 33 minutes. Like, I guess you can't... T- and you, Brian K has some five-minute songs. I mean, they have the they have Deathbed. They have way more than that, but... I guess you can't, you can't break that, like, pop-punk mentality or that pop mentality... 
<laughs> if you're just used to like two minute, three minute songs. Or I mean, I'm sure he can, but I mean, maybe he just wanted it to be, you know, a more concise album, like a Reliant K album, like a punk pop album. So because there's nothing else really for covers, I tried to do some deep searches and I did some, uh, I always forget what they're called in the YouTube world. They're like special search functions that you can use. Like if you write the word, if you write in title as one word in title and then a uh, colon and then a word, it'll only search for that word in title. So I wrote in title colon Tyson and then in colon title daydream and the only thing i got was sam's cover so i was like well let me double check if anyone you know cut daydream into two words instead of a compound word like it's supposed to be so i go and i type in in title colon tyson in title colon day and i found a bunch of little videos about people who are also named tyson and what how their day is going (laughs) amazing did you try like earthquakes and daydreamer i did but i I, but this was what i found that was worth talking about (laughs) oh boy is this what we're ending on more or less yeah (laughs) so this first one is uh this is mike (laughs) teeson this is this is mike teeson from four years ago from the natural landscape group (laughs) oh all right what you got for us mikey so this is some sort of landscape company and you're getting to know the people who work at the landscape group. Driving on the highway, and uh, well, let's turn let's turn Mike up here. But I've learned to love it. Uh, I'll listen to podcasts. I'll listen to music. I'll get pumped up about my day. <laughs> I like to plan the day before what I'm going to be doing, so there's no surprises when I get into work. Once I pull into that parking lot, the game's on. I well, they really want the you to know to make sure people have, about the people uh, who work for your landscaping company. I like to listen Next to podcasts on the way to work. I need coffee in the morning. That's like, yeah. do you, th- do you think he listens to this and, podcast? Uh, I don't know what Uh-oh. I do. Oh, I'm sure most of you can agree. <laughs> I hope not. So once I get in the office, so he uh, loves coffee. Do is, sure, um, everybody loves. Sure, everyone loves coffee, especially especially if you work in landscaping. It's updated daily. And we start our day. I know someone whose first job was landscaping, and then he became a punk rocker. His really name is Mike Carrera. Design, uh, design as as documented in the song "Let's Ride." <laughs> All of our details are kept on that board. Some days I'm I'm on site doing construction or woodworking or Here's whatever Mike. needs to happen. I didn't show Jessica. Uh, Mike oh, okay. Other days he I'm looks like he could office. be related so really to to Matt Tyson. He's blonde. Sure. Um, he's I love uh, designing, you know, but I also love building. a man. <laughs> uh, so if it's woodworking right. or male. trim work or some sort of detail finishing uh, job, I, I'm there. I love doing that. And stop I your daydreaming, Jessica, and listen to what Mike has to say about landscaping. I, I am. Gets their hands dirty and you know, just has a great time. And I love <laughs> can we meet any other members of the natural national uh, landscaping I just, group? I get out there and I get behind it, and I, I love doing it. At the end of the day. Um, we do what we need to do, whether it's on site to, to finish up, whether it's cleaning up mm. or preparing for the next day, whether sure. it's getting materials allocated sure. Sure. or good, just um, good pr- business practices, really uh, communicated. We only client. can get to know one other like person at the company. His name is Dave Macalus, 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 I can't pronounce the last name. Forward. 
So yeah, I don't try to. Oh, but then Davis Santo, like, Davis really Santos has a project story for us. My my meditation time in the car. Oh, that's nice. Calm my mind before I I step into. Oh, he does meditation. Very important. Um, I'll save you some of the details, but thank you, Mike. The most important thing I do when I get home is making sure my dog gets out. Oh, what a cutie. He needs to get out and get some activity too. Once I've let the dog out, um, I try to take some personal time. The dog had this look on its face, like you're not taking a picture of me, are you? So here is another thing of oh, a boy. Tyson and a day. Oh, and a bunch of thousand. stuff came up. Something we never talk about is, of course, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Right. Because it just seems like such a trite thing to talk about, like Tyson and Tiffany Amber Thiessen. They spell it the same way. But Tyson pronounces it Tyson. Does it seem like a trite thing to talk about? It seems like it to me. It seems <laughs> like it to me. It seems like you learn that Matt Tyson's a person and you want to make Tiffany Amber Thiessen jokes. Especially since a lot of people don't know how to pronounce Tyson. The only reason we, you know, you, most fans might even know is the fact that they name drop them speci- him specifically. Right. On the first album. They're letting you know Tyson's name. Then it made me wonder, like, is Tiffany Amber Tyson? Should it be Tyson? Is it supposed to be Tyson? But she didn't fight the like the the she didn't fight the storm of most people assuming it's Tyson, and she just let it be Tyson. So there's a couple things on YouTube about, about like Tiffany Amber Tyson shows you how to start your day right with a nice breakfast. Nice. We could watch one of those, but instead we're gonna watch Willard Tyson and Sharon Janes on It's a New Day from 12 years ago, and this is from New Day Ministries, and this is some sort of, like, Christian, uh, like, Christian small small market talk show. I thought that when Tiffany Amber Thiessen started her day that her mom gave out a warning and she doesn't think she'll ever make it to school on time. By the time she gets her books <laughs> and she gives herself a look, she's at the corner just in time to see the bus drive by. It's all right. She's, she's saved by the bell. She's saved by the bell. It's so funny because I, I, for a second, I was confused because she's the one actress that was on both shows. She was on Saved by the Bell and 90210. So I got confused. I'm like, this isn't the 90210 theme song. But Who would should... ever think about her being on 90210? When was that? It, she was on the show later. But it was a thing, like, in the 90s, and I think people still talk about it today. There's always, like, you know, like, are you a Star Wars or a Star Trek person? <laughs> there was always a discussion about the fact that the two biggest teen shows were saved at the time, were saved by the bell in 90210. Gotcha. And one was a drama, and one was a sitcom. But it didn't matter. Like, they were considered, you know, so fans would talk about... I remember fans. I remember people, kids, would talk about the differences between the shows. And then Tiffany Amber Thiessen... (laughs) Tiffany Amber Thiessen showed up as a cast member on 90210 in one of the later seasons. Gotcha, gotcha. So anyway, here's Willard Thiessen... And Shannon Jay's, like I said, on some small market local Christian talk show. Wow, I'm not good enough. How often haven't we heard that statement mm-hmm. from people somewhere along the way? Or and, and how many times have we said it to ourselves? And we have. Yeah, I was gonna, can I, I'm not a, a woman, but you know, even men, 
come through with that same oh, feeling. Goodness. Often say you know, certain things. You're not a woman. You can be if you want they to. Do. It's pride. But it comes out in different Just areas. Just yourself... with us, it's more relationships. With men, it's more work-oriented. He's mansplaining 12 years ago to this lady. We pulled the book out and looked at it. About how you're not good enough. People tell you you're not good enough. And how the love of Christ, I guess, can let you know you're good enough. Which is true. You're always good enough for Christ, no matter if you're falling out. The guys have another side of it. But it still lies. Right. And, you know, we shouldn't be surprised that, of course, we know we're different, but even when we're, and we're going to talk about what happened in the garden. But- oh, good Lord, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, thank goodness. No. I, was, I was just about to turn it off because I'm like, I'm not sure if they're going to talk about what happened in the garden. Now, which garden do they mean? Do the they, Olive Garden? That's what I was going to say. The Olive Garden where Christ was betrayed. Because, you know, I'm just like Christ. I was also betrayed in an Olive Garden once. Oh, I thought we, I thought we were talking about the first Sonic movie. Oh, right. <laughs> anyway, I was going to say, like, they definitely look very 90s, these two folks. Or very, very early 2000s. Yes, yes. She has, deliberately or not, a Monica Lewinsky haircut. It's <laughs> the only way to describe that hair. <laughs> When you look at the, the result of the curse, when it said that Eve's desire would be for for her husband, and all that was relationship oriented, part of the curse for her. It's and good to get this gender curse. talk out that he at would the beginning of Pride the Month. And he would have thorns, and mm-hmm. you know, in the work and mm-hmm. the ground. So it, even from the beginning, we see that our struggles are are different. Uh, I remember, and I never heard this again. Is it in the Bible? I don't know if it's actually in the Bible, but it's something I heard at Christian school once. That among the many, like, curses humanity was given because of the tree and, you know, f- you know, falling out and getting kicked out of the garden, that one of the curses given to humans was that childbirth would be painful. I don't know if that's actually in the Bible or that's just, like, an interpretation, but I only ever heard it at this one Christian school that, like... All the things that were added to make life harder, harder for humans because Adam and Eve sinned. One of them was childbirth will now be painful. I guess it wasn't painful before. And then, of course, every child's Bible will tell you that this is the origin of snakes. Snakes used to have legs until God took them away because of what happened in the garden. Anyway... Childbirth. That's, that's enough theology for today. No, 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 no. This is a 10-minute video. we got to watch the whole thing. Relationship-oriented and work-oriented. So the lies that the enemy tells us are going to be different because he knows exactly which lies he needs to tell us to, to make and, and, us strong. Well, the ones that we'll respond to. I right. mean, I, I think that's really the part that I... And he looks like... He looks like... Uh, what's his name from The Office? Creed. Creed. He looks like Creed from The bit. Office. Oh, just and, a little. And a little bit of uh, Hank Hill's dad. Like a taller <laughs> Hank Hill, Cotton Hill. Like a tall Cotton Hill. <laughs> what? He killed that Fitty really Men. Got me, or that hooked me. And I don't know whether you came up with the title or whether the publisher did. I didn't just share. But, but the very fact. Well, you, I don't you know if you came up with it. Women Lodge. coming up with titles. You know, <laughs> you know what would be a good title for this book? What was it called? Neural Network? I already forgotten it. <laughs> Casual Network? I don't remember. Whatever that thing in the brain Def- that caused you to daydream. Default Network? Uh, default, like I that. think it's Default Network. It was Default Network. You got it, see? Look at this. 
the lady in the room, she remembers. You weren't daydreaming. You remember. That's the good news. Mm -hmm. But we also have a soul, and that's our mind, our will, and emotions. Oh. And those aren't changed in an instant. We have to renew the way we think. And um, that's the process that we're going to be talking about of replacing those lies. Yeah, and if you need to renew the way you think, you just go on Twitter, and you get in an argument, and eventually oh, no. the argument helps change your mind. <laughs> that's how it works. So, Jessica. <laughs> She's so Jessica, what do you think of the song Daydream? You know, for a nice kind of bubbly, happy, sort of poppy song, I feel like we are not ending on a positive note. <laughs> and I feel like we should end on a positive note. All right. Well, what do you have? What do you want to what do you want to listen to? Uh What's something? No shipping videos for this, really? Oh, no, there aren't. Not Red 5 and Star Trek 7 or whatever from the Where your shipping address? Well, here we'll watch this Google <laughs> commercial. <laughs> Why'd they say shipping after I said shipping? Why is it always <laughs> listening? <laughs> There's no place like Chrome. Ugh. Uno, oh, dos, good lord. One, two, three, cuatro. Yeah, this is pretty happy. <laughs> so, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like this song more or less or the same? What, Wooly Bully by Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs? I always love this song. I love it more and more every time I hear it. Can you turn the uh, cultural appropriation down a little bit for a oh, second, yeah. Danny? yeah. You know what? I've never seen the artwork yeah, of the song. Yeah, real unfortunate. If you can turn it down before we get They're literally in copyright straight for a number of things. Here I am. So I'm thinking like... What's a fun? I was listening. I was actually listening to this song earlier. I was listening to like some random sixties, like like fun party rock playlist or something. Or fit, I don't know, whatever year this is. Some like old party. Uh, right. Anyway, playlist. They also do "Hey There, Little Red Riding Hood." That oh, song okay. that was on my uh, patrons. Noah, that was on my uh, my Halloween playlist back in the day when we did that a couple years ago. Well, I did not realize that on the cover of one of the Sam the Shams, it looks like they're in blackface. They're, they're... I mean, brown face. Cause... They're, yeah. Okay, so we're going to move on. Danny, did you like this shit? Did you like this? You just completely threw me. Okay, hold on. Oh I need my to gosh, find... it's still playing in the background, Danny. All the copyright I strikes. need to find a song that'll get us out of here in a nice, fun way that won't have cultural appropriation. Here we go. There we go. What is this? We're still going to get copyrights. So, Danny, do you like the song more or less or the same? I love this song way more. As do I. This is a I great really song. like this song. You mean a lot. Istanbul by the Tiny Tunes? Probably they might be giants, but I put on the Tiny Tunes version. This is a great song. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>